Reading, short and deep. Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Eric. And today we're reading short and deep. An apparition by Guy de Maupassant. Um, first published in 1883 in a French uh, newspaper slash magazine called Le Galois, April 4th, 1883. Um, this story I've read many times, actually. It's a very interesting story. And uh, it has been published under many names. So I'm going to just give you the short list here. Uh, it's also known as The Spectre, The Apparition, A Ghost, An Apparition, Bewitched Love Letters, The Ghost, and uh, there was also, I subsequently discovered, a rip-off story um, somebody wrote for Weird Tales in 1923 called The Tortoise Shell Comb, which also fits uh, as a title for this. Um, <laughs> but uh, I started thinking about the title, An Apparition, and then I was thinking about what's going on in this story, which is, I think it, it's an amazing story and it really works. However, I'm not sure what what's going on in it. So I'm hoping you uh, can help me figure out what's going on in this story. Um, I know a lot about Montpassant. I've read a lot of his stuff, but I I don't feel like I'm an expert on this story, even though I have read it many times. Well, you probably know more about it than I do, but... One thing I did do was take the trouble to uh, double-check the French. Mm -hmm. The story is, I think, something that may be itself about the nature of uncertainty. I think you're right. Uh, Having that in mind, I would point out that all of those different titles that you mentioned, Jesse, Mm -hmm. none of them is the French title. Yeah, what is the French title? The French title is just apparition. It is not un apparition. Mm. It is not l'apparition. That is, it's not an apparition. It's not the apparition. It's just apparition. Mm-hmm. Now, in French, apparition has two equally competing meanings. Um, they're both technically available in English, but we don't tend to use both of them. The one meaning is, which is the second meaning in French, is a specter or a ghost. Mm -hmm. But the first meaning is appearance. That is, there was, he made his apparition on the stage when he was only 15. Mm -hmm. Um, So the making of something visible uh, can in fact be one of the meanings of the word, Mm -hmm. uh, of the the title word. So I, I think that Maupassant is offering us something that looks like, well, they're both really the same. But no, but just you think about them, they are perhaps not the same. They're two different things. One of them is supernatural, for example, and one of them is not. Mm-hmm. One of them is a particular someone, and one of them is a process. I believe that Maupassant is trying to give us a story that looks like a ghost story, mm-hmm. but if to the extent that it's a ghost story, I believe it's a story that asks us why we think of ghost stories as important at all. Um, so anyway, it's it begins, as you know, because you've read it so many times, it begins with the front frame. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 
you know, we were speaking of sequestration alluding to a recent lawsuit. Okay, we don't know who we are. We don't know whether the sequestration is of funds or of the jury. Or we don't know much. It's a, it's a sentence that sounds like it has lots of detail. In fact, we never find out what that detail is mm-hmm. through the whole of the story. Um, and that's pretty darn important. One of the reasons that it's important is that our narrator who tells us, so we're all telling stories. And then the old Marquis de la Tour Samuel, uh, who's 82 years old, he rose and came forward to lean on the mantelpiece and he tells a story. And then what we get is his story. And so it's a front frame narrative. We never really get back to find out what people think about any of this. But one thing that I found fascinating until we get into the Marquis telling his story He's addressing the the group, I suppose, because we were speaking of sequestration. Um, And he says um, something about his feeling of fear. He's telling a story about something that happened to him when he was in his 20s. Um, One may fear imaginary dangers at 82. That is, I can be allowed to have an imaginary danger. But before actual danger, I have never turned back. So... He's, he's concerned here with whether or not the danger that he felt in the story he's about to tell was imaginary. Again, it's, it's interesting. And though he tells us that he kept it his whole life. But that sentence ends, interestingly, one may fear imaginary dangers at 82, but before actual danger, I have never turned back, mesdames. Mm-hmm. In other words... Either he is justifying himself to only part of the audience, which seems awfully odd because a man usually is more concerned with demonstrating his manliness to other men than he is to women when he's in a mixed group. Or he's the only man there, Mm -hmm. in which case, when it says we were speaking of sequestration, alluding to a recent lawsuit, the person who is part of we is a woman. Mm hmm. And we're never told whether this is a woman or not. And the relations between men and women, or at least the two other main characters in the story, the Marquis and the two I'll mention in a moment, those are the key relationships. And yet in this very slender frame, our whole ability to know what kind of conversation it is, is thrown up. So, you know, how do we know if there's a ghost? How do we know if someone's even female or male? Mm Fascinating writing. So the story that the Marquis tells is that when he was uh, 26 years old, um, which is 53 years earlier, and that just happens to put him, um, excuse me, when he was 20, that just happens to put this story being told in the publication in the same time that it is published. Mm -hmm. And it puts the events before the Franco-Prussian War. So France is still not in what becomes Maupassant's great subject. Um, He was a soldier. He was uh, barracked in Rouen, which is a town on the water. Um, And he runs into someone he could hardly recognize. Turns out that it was a friend whom he had not seen for five years. He couldn't recognize him because he had changed so radically. His hair was white. He was leaning as if he were old. This reminded me of the inner narrator in Poe's The Descent into the Maelstrom, Mm. someone who's undergone 
a radical aging shock. And the friend says, would you please help me? I've been living in this hotel, uh, which is, by the way, the word in the French as well. He really means a hotel, not not the city hall or any of the other synonyms that would look like the French. He's been living in this hotel since my wife died. I had this we had I had this wonderful, wonderful marriage. Um, so I had a year of unalloyed bliss and unexhausted passion, which either is a problem, you know, you can sort of never reach climax or your passion renews so much that it's it's wonderful. I frankly, if you take the uh, the analogy of unexhausted hunger, I think unexhausted passion is perhaps a problem. But then she died suddenly of heart disease, no doubt killed by love itself. So I think we are going to need to go back and think about what really killed this woman. Anyway, the guy asks the narrator, the marquee, would you do me this small favor and asks him to go to the house where he and his wife lived into the room, his study there, which has not been entered for for all these years, five years ago since she died, um, which is interestingly parallel to when the marquis last saw him, the marquis last saw him, and get two packages and several letters, as it's called in the beginning, and then just three packages of letters for the rest of the story. Uh, so he goes to do this, going by a gardener who is quite, uh, or housekeeper, who is quite uh, a martinet. No, you can't. What do you mean? Show me that. But he gives him the letter. He, he, he takes his horse out there, an interesting ride that warrants its own discussion. Maybe we'll get to that. Um, and the, the gardener lets him in, uh, although he clearly was trying to prevent him. But he, but he gets in. He, he shouts him down. He pulls rank on him. Uh, social as well as military. He goes in with the key that he's been given and he goes to the desk to find the letters. When he stands up from the desk chair, that's what he says, the desk chair, he feels something quite cold. He doesn't want to show his fear. Then he hears a noise. He turns around and there is a woman. The woman says, she suffers so you can help me comb my hair and gives him a tortoise shell comb to comb her hair, which he does. And the hair felt so cold. Now, it's interesting to me that the friend had said to the Marquis, you could do me this kindness, a small favor. Mm -hmm. I suffer so. And she does the same thing. And what's going on is that he then, I don't know, I mean, does a man, not your husband, in 1883, when this thing was published, or 50 years earlier, when it supposedly happened, um, does a man who's not your husband comb your hair, you know, sensuously? The description certainly is sensuous, but the whole time he's touching her hair, it's cold. So cold that he says, after he's done recounting the story, he still feels the cold on his hands now, over half a century later. When he finishes combing her hair, she disappears through an open door uh, that he had not noticed could be locked and doesn't know if she locked or not. He can't get to her, but he takes the letters, brings them back, gives them to the guy, uh, or actually sends a servant to give them to the guy because he's so exhausted by this unnerving experience. And when on the next day he goes to find the guy, the guy is gone. He's gone for a day. He's gone for a week. The police look for him and no no sign of him is ever found again, nor is there any sign of there having been anybody living in the house. 
The police also investigate that. And so the end of the story is simply, I had an experience. It left me cold, horrified cold, and I don't know what it was. That's kind of why I like the title to be Apparition, mm. because it may be the the apparition of the friend on the street in Rouen. That's crucial. It may be the appearance of the dead wife in the room. That's crucial. Mm. It may be the appearance of the letters, one of which the gatekeeper ostentatiously reads before he'll let the marquee in and the others needing to be carried from one lover to another. Um, it, it makes me ask, were they just waiting to die and go away until they could communicate? Was, was the, the, the guy who would never go back to that place, um, did he in fact kill her? She was killed by love itself. Their unexhausted passion led her to take a lover. I mean, we, we don't know what the heck is going on in this story. Yeah. And yet it haunts us, which is a pun I mean to make. And it must have gotten to you, Jesse, because you've read it many times. Yeah, um, I, I think you're pointing to the title is very important because one of the things that I note about my most recent reading is if, if the title is The Spectre or The Apparition or A Ghost or an apparition, you're forced to choose. And the fact that I'm thinking about that makes me say, well, wait, which one of these characters is the ghost? And then I start to realize, well, wait a second. Um, the husband who lost his wife uh, five years ago, but looks 50 years older, um, which is now the age of our narrator, um, he disappears, literally disappears, right? Like uh -huh. an apparition, as does she. And then we have a servant who uh, goes and delivers letters for people um, or picks up letters for people. And we actually have those um, par paralleled in the story, too. There's so many parallels of relationships. So the... the um, 82-year-old Marquis de la Tour Samuel, uh, Samuel um, is so tired from his, his uh, experience that he sends his, his manservant to deliver the letters to the man. Um, and yet he had breakfast with the guy the next day after meeting him. So how much of an apparition is he? Well, enough to eat breakfast. Um, and then how much of an apparition is, is the dead lady? Um, she has hair. <laughs> She's not just a, 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 a ethereal thing. She has physical form, and he's he combs her hair. Um, and then she says, thank you for combing my hair, and then disappears like a, a ghost. So uh, the, the fact that our narrator doesn't recognize uh, his friend, even though it's from five years ago because he's so aged-looking, and the fact that our narrator is now aged looking, even though the story uh, started when he was a young man, there's so many strange parallels going on and mirrorings going on in the story that I, I, was, I start questioning everything. And then I go right back to the very first sentence and I'm still blown away by like, I don't know what this means. Like, look at the framing. We were speaking of sequestration, alluding to a recent lawsuit. 
Now, if you take that that line out of the story and just do the rest of the story, it's still a story, but it it's somehow different. The next line is, it was at the close of a friendly evening in a very old mansion in Rue de Grenelle, and each of the guests had a story to tell, which he assured us was true. Now, the he there makes it, me think that he is apologizing to men. Uh, it's only the men telling the stories, and each of them... Each of the men who tells the story is a he, so there are other men there, in which case he's apologizing to the lady, ladies only later on. But we don't know if, she, if the narrator, the outer narrator, is female or not, as you pointed out. And then thinking about, like, what does this line mean? We were speaking of sequestration, alluding to a recent lawsuit. Well, I know what a lawsuit is, and sequestration is a thing, but I didn't normally think of it as lawsuit-related. But it's basically about the seizure of goods, right? Yes. And what well, happens in this story? Well, it, it could be that. That's what it could also be about putting the, the jury away. Yeah, it's so weird because it doesn't say what it is. But if it's a seizure of goods, what happens in this story is, from, from the gardener's point of view, a man rides up hands the gardener a letter, which the man who's handing it to him, the narrator in our story, does hasn't read. It's a sealed envelope. He opens it up, looks at the front and the back, and then says, what do you want here? So we actually never know what the contents of that letter is either. Right. There's so many strange parallels going on here that the entire effect is to create a feeling of uh, weirdness and spookiness. But the the substance of what... Like, one way of reading this, to me, I guess one of my early readings on it, is that the friend who disappeared um, had pulled one over on his so-called friend. That is, he had... He was uh, not allowed to go into a certain house or something. Maybe he would be recognized or he's a murderer on the run and he needs to get the evidence out of the house. So he relies on his friend to go do that and then he disappears. And so he's being pulled a fast one. Uh, in which case, that lady who shows up is not a ghost, right? She's just the lady who lives there and maybe she's gone mad and that's why she needs her hair combed. <laughs> Right. Although the police, we are told at the end, the police search the house and find exactly. no evidence. Of so I don't know what's, well, I don't know what we're, we are to make of this story. It's, it's fascinating because it is a story left for us to ponder on, upon. And, and that I think is what's so interesting about having the front frame and no back frame is we are the people sitting at the table and wondering about this old man who claims to be now afraid of the dark. A story he's never told, ever, before in his life. But now that he's 82, he feels like it's okay for an old man to be, to confess to these things, because he's just an old man. And then, get this, I say, okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing something. So I go in and I look at that guy's name again. Then the old Marquis de la Tour Samuel 82 years of age, rose and came forward to lean on the mantelpiece. That name, I'm like, Samuel, Samuel. That's a biblical name. Uh -huh. So I go and look it up. 
And guess what I found? Do you remember this from the Bible? I'm no Bible expert, so I was very intrigued to find this out. The character of Samuel in the Bible is, uh, he's a prophet, all sorts of stuff. But the, during his life, he doesn't have that much interesting to say. However, uh, Saul goes to the witch of Endor, and he's made a prescription on all uh, uh, people in the community not to do any um, seances, basically. And he says to her, um, I need you to call somebody up for me. Um, and who does he call up but a guy named Samuel so the character who's named after Samuel the Marquis de la Tour Samuel um, is himself a ghost in the Bible and there's a strange thing that happens I was reading about how people interpret because the Bible's very hard to understand it's from 3000 plus years ago what's going on one of the things that happens is i'm sorry what the, the this section of the bible's from you know you mean three thousand years ago that's what i said yeah three thousand years ago well yeah. it, sorry i i'm i'm sorry i i, I thought i heard thirty thousand no no but, three thousand yeah good no not, good. Uh, as far as i know it's approximately three thousand years ago your your voice rings large in my ears <laughs> my mistake okay so um the the way the dialogue happens in in this part of the Bible is it it seems as if the witch can see the spirit and that uh, Saul can hear the spirit but neither of them can both uh, perceive both ends of of the appearance and so she is up, the witch of Endor is upset um, in realizing who has been called up and. Uh, the king assures her, or Saul assures her, that uh, she won't be punished for this. And it's a very interesting part of the the story of, of Samuel because it's after his life, and it's like if the ne- if the if there was a missing line at the end of the story, um, and I you know said, oh Eric, there's a one version of the story where, uh. The next day, the Marquis de la Tour Samuel died. That would totally be in keeping with what's going on, right? Or he had died the previous day, right? It, there's so much going on here that is unclear that this is a spooky ghost story that might be just a guy who got ripped off by his buddy a long time ago um, and had, was freaked out because he wasn't expecting anybody to be there. But I, I like... When you said the gardener was haughty, I was thinking the gardener's confused. Can I read this section? Sure. At the noise I made kicking a shutter, an old man came out of the side door and was apparently amazed to see me there. I dismounted from my horse and gave him the letter. Uh, he read it once or twice, turned it over, looked at me with suspicion and asked, Well, what do you want? I answered sharply, You must know it. As you have read my, your master's orders, I want to get into the house. He appeared overwhelmed. He said, so you, you're going in, in his room? I was getting impatient. Parbleu, I don't know how to say that. Parbleu, it means... Uh, oh, that's an E. Literally, it means by blue. It's like yeah, by heavens. Right. Do you intend to question me by chance? 
he stammered. No, monsieur, only it has not been opened since since the death. Now, one way of reading that is the death of the woman, obviously, but maybe it's the death of the man, or maybe it's the death of both the man and the woman. If you will wait here five minutes, I will go to see whether, and then let's cut off, I'm like, whether the door is accessible, like, I, like whatever. He's cut off by the narrator. He says, I interrupted angrily. See here, are you joking? You can't go in that room as I have the key. He no longer knew what to say. Then, monsieur, I sh will show you the way. Show me the stairs and leave me alone. I can't find it without your help. But still, sir, monsieur. Then I lost my temper. Now be quiet, else you'll be sorry. So... The uh, gatekeeper to me seems in, he's like confused, and, and I was thinking, what is in that letter? Is is it does it say uh, please allow this man access to our rooms? In which case, who wrote this? If the guy's been dead, if he's a ghost for five years, like, or yeah. it might say um, please do whatever this man says. <laughs> in which case, that explains why he doesn't know what's going on. I don't. I don't. Uh, it's so weird. Like, but it we doesn't. Don't know. But it also doesn't explain why it asks, he asks them to wait for five minutes. Right. Right. Like, uh, is that is that room haunted, or does he deliver meals up there? Right. Indeed. <laughs> Everything here is 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 like that. We have no idea. I mean, he may be the woman. I mean, a, sh a shapeshifter. <laughs> there absolutely is no cl clarity on any of this. And yet it all sort of hangs together, right? Yep. I'd, I'd like to go, go back. This is to underscore your point to a sentence we read previously. One may fear imaginary dangers at 82, but before actual danger, I have never turned back, madame. Okay, now, if he had just said one may fear imaginary dangers at 82, what that means is if it turns out that the thing that I was scared of was imaginary, it's okay because I'm old. Mm -hmm. But if, but of course, if it turns out that it was real, then of course I was scared. But he doesn't say just that one sentence. He says, but before actual danger, I have never turned back. In other words, that woman with the comb, if she were real danger, he seems to be saying, I have never turned back. So it's almost as if he's saying she was imaginary to begin with. Yeah. And yet, of course, there's no story there if he believes that she was imaginary to begin with. So what is he really revealing about himself, if anything? Because we don't end up knowing what he thinks true it's it's wonderful to see how different things haunt us you know the the story has all sorts of detail and as you and i have both been pointing out the detail sounds plausible enough until you till you look at it for example um the marquis says when he's told that he needs to go to the chateau of his friend um to get the letters uh, well it was only 25 miles from town and uh, it would be an easy ride of an hour on horse well i looked that up in fact horses at a gallop go between 25 and 30 miles an hour i don't believe that any 
soldier in the middle of the 19th century who has a horse assigned to him would purposefully make it gallop for a full hour. And that would just get him to the place. This is not an easy thing to do in an hour unless you're willing to kill your horse. But horses come up a lot in nightmares, Mm. in ghost stories, as do questions of letting down your hair, Mm. you know, Rapunzel and so on. The, the, The sexual imagery here is hidden when it has to do with the marquee. But there is no doubt that they the husband and wife had unexhausted passion. And perhaps what the marquee is being asked to do, assuming that the friend exists and the ghost exists, is allow them to communicate with each other so that they can again try to consummate their relationship. And if they do, then indeed they were no doubt killed by love itself. But surely you're not having a pleasant evening um, trading stories that you say are true just to prove that love is terrible unless, of course, the sequestration was, as you suggested, the sequestration of goods because we're in the midst of settling something like, well, I don't know, a divorce, Mm -hmm. siblings fighting over the probate of a parent's will. Um, There is a question of love turned scary in this story, Mm -hmm. but we don't know whether it's the love of society, the love of the marquee, and, and where is his person in his life? Yeah. I, I note um, that the combing, comb my hair, oh, comb my hair, that will cure me. Look at my head, how I suffer, and my hair, how it hurts. This is what we want to do to the story. We want to comb it through and comb it again and straighten everything out, make it all clear and all neat and not painful, not tangled. But you, you notice when the Marquis comes back to his room, in the light of the next day, wondering whether this was a true experience or an hallucination, he looks at the buttons of his coat Mm. and finds hairs wrapped around them, or so he says. Once he throws those hairs out the window, there is no longer any physical evidence. Everything that we hear in this story is just a matter of imagination. Mm -hmm. You know, again, it's... it's, uh, useful to take a look at this in in French. It's imaginary dangers, but the the way it works, because the adjectives come after the noun in French, it's dangers imagined, you know, um, which one has, he says, at 25 years of age. Uh, 25 years of age, interesting. 24 would have been too symbolic. 25, he's gotten past that first year, you know, the 24 hours, 24 years, and something else is going on. And I don't know what it is. I don't know that in the rest of his life he's ever had any knowledge of these things, of love. He does say, you know, he does address madame. I would point out, too, by the way, that uh, when you said each one tells his story, mm-hmm. uh, the way French works here and the way English used to work 50 years ago um, it would be he in the general sense. If there were one male in the group, then you would use this, the male pronoun. Right? Um, 
the 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 man and his six daughters were swapping stories um and they each wanted to tell he and then his the the story that he he told and it it would it could have been well that's that's i'm getting constructing the example wrong i have the french in front of me it's easier in the french but i don't want to bother our the people listening to us with that but it the chacon is the, the the each is what's right. Mm. Each of the guests had a story to tell, which each assured us was true, would have been a valid translation rather than which he assured us was true. You see, that word he refers to the each, not to the any particular storyteller. So uh, we don't know the sex. We don't know the we don't know if it happened. We don't know why it happened. We don't know what's in the letter. We don't know what's in the letter that sends someone to the letter. We know that the nightmare could not possibly have done what he's supposed to do. Um, <laughs> so why do we like the story so much? You've read it many times. Tell us why. I think I think that it is because uh, it is exactly it. It all hangs together, but none of it. None of it is explicated. We're we're doing all the ghosting ourselves. If that's the case, I would like to make a small suggestion. Sure. It ends. There was no sign that a woman had been concealed there. The inquest gave no result. And so the search ended. And in the 56 years, I have learned nothing more. I have never found out the truth. Now, why would a bunch of people sit around of an evening and tell each other <clears throat> true stories in turn. We've seen this before. There used to be that that habit of doing it on Christmas. The James is the turn of the screw begins the same way where they're all standing around, sitting around before Christmas and decide the next day we'll each tell stories. And then the next day night they tell one of them tells the story, which is the center of the turn of the screw. Very famous ghost story. The thing about these front frame stories is they do exactly what they display in the frame. They say, here is something for you to talk about. And no, I wasn't there when the Marquise was at the mantle telling the story, but you and I can do this. I mean, these stories are perfect for us, I think, Jesse, because their whole point is that there is always more to say. And remember, you can always freely access the materials discussed on these podcasts by going to sffaudio.com and clicking on the link for reading short and deep.